0: Boxman, hoi found you. A la- bang wobbles at the wall, where my window, a water bar, again louder this time. The wall seems to push inward. We clung to each other at the top of the bed. A howling wind surrounds the room. A cupboard creeps away from the wall. Long fingers burst out from the wall behind it, clutching and digging into everything they can find. I know what for. To pull the terrifying nightmares out from beyond and into my night bedroom. Words appear on the pages of the open diary, still with my hands loud, scratching at it from a visible pen. Come to get what's mine. Take you both. Chris grabs me. Emily, take my hand. We lunge out of bed, standing, pe- standing opposite the cowboy wood. The wind sh- shrieking at us still growing louder, the arms still getting f- longer from behind the cupboard. Its fingers crawl cool out. But, come on, she screams at me. We both charge at it, knocking the furniture backwards. The fingers curl up, the fingernails grind in the wall as it's pushed out on the back to the, the gap. We're pressing against the front with all our mighty growls and scrambles. Back out as far as it can. The air is screaming around us like nightmare. A wardrobe splintered some cracks. One of its hands been crawling forward along the wood. Its hair breath from me. I was, unaw- I was unaware it was even reaching for me until Chris yanked me away from it. We back up and charge again. This time, they, the thing's fringe drops into the floor. Barely a second passes, Chris is already bolting on the other side of the room. She grabs my my lamp and away from the wall. Flashing it against the syringe, the wind stops, the wardrobe rattles to a standstill. Those arms disappear. Back behind the wall, the little pile of brass, metal and glass in a small mess on my floor. We look at each other before creeping around each side of the wardrobe. There's no gap, there's no hole to the wall. It's like the creature never there. All oh, like, like we always like we like we all we can hear is paper scratches my diary again A page is blank except for the four words your fault you choose everything was calm everything until blue flashing lights poured outside my window and we saw a police officer coming to the house Ghostman How our post here? I don't like dolls. Before I say anything else, can I just say for the record that that I fucking hate dolls. Not like those plastic pieces of junk that eat bits of fake food or piss themselves. No, I'm talking about those evil-looking posleen fuckers. I was out of business out of sight on business on sight. Had to check the cladding they were putting around some new shopping mall being put in the middle of nowhere kind of town. My company organized my accommodation in a local bed and breakfast. It was either that or I would drive every single day to get to the site. No big deal, sometimes these town, small town places were great, if they were massively out, anti outsider Always fifty-fifty, I guess. I especially find more emergency um, when most travelling to small towns, I guess, on account of the fact I'm going there to put up some monstrosity They will hopefully drive some extra venue into that patch of nowhere. I don't mind. I get it. I drive to the shopping mall site first, meet with the site chief there, get up at speed or what is or what or isn't as ordered, have an argument over it, end up either yelling at them is what they ordered to make it work, or question the knowledge they haven't been sent, a complete, accurate order. Usually it was the former. If a company can help it, they'll actually get out of pain. I find... I'm finding a place to park. I already see there's going to be an argument. They left the panels stacked up awkwardly on each other in those weather conditions, and left like that. They're going to warp. They say they, they they didn't fit. I say they shouldn't have done. What they did, etc. etc. This is all the stuff that you that in all seriousness will probably not care about. I got to the quaint little place I'm staying at. A great, semi de- a great detached house that was closer to the manor in size. You know, the owner terribly lovely lady was over the moon to have a guest staying. She said it had been a while since the last one. I wondered how she could pay the utilities on such a big place with infrequent guests, all oh, the boring things we wonder as adults now. Huh? As she tapped away on an extremely old-looking computer, I spotted on the reception decks one of those metal pin... Needle toys you know the kind is you could see years ago when people hands or faces printed under them I got into my room I feel I being mean, walked back to the late 80s so much of the room was deep brown color doies for days and that could jar jar huge peacock feathers and most of the, and much to my total joy, a shelf stuck with nearly a dozen positive fucking dolls. I opened the wardrobe and pulled out a spare pillow for later. At the same time, I shoved every one of those unblinking things into a wardrobe before shutting it. I packed a few things from my suitcase before heading back down to ask the lady at the desk where best to eat. She recommended some local steakhouse. Everyone likes, and so off I went. I came back to my room still early in the morning, evening, the days, the dolls were all back on the shelf, staring into my room again. I stood in my room just looking at them from the, safe, the safety of the doorway. I startled when, when the owner came behind me. Oh, I came in a while. Well, you were you out just a tiny few days? Oh, I hope that's okay, dear. Yeah, that's fine, no problem. Just the dolls surprised me a little. Oh yes, he smiled, laughed a little. You do surprise, folks um. I guess that I can see why. Thanks, by the way, for the recommendation. That place was great. No problem, dear. You sleep tight tonight. As he went to leave, he went, came back with a cheeky wink and pointed at the dolls. Please say, make sure to say good night to my your roommates. I chuckled some more. I had politeness or anything. asked if she left. I shut the door and locked it. I wasn't, I, they wasn't lodging it. Keyboards, cars, Key cars I didn't entirely trust. Maybe he wouldn't come in. Later, i it with realization. I walked back to the shelf and turned and walked to face the wall. Boom. Back around to go. I unpacked my things, showered and went to bed. Something smashed and woke me up. The first night came away from home. First night away from home on these trips is always a bit confusing, but the moment I caught those peacock feathers in the room, I knew I was there, where I was. I turned the bedside lamp. My eyes were drawn right to the shelf of the dolls. Most were still facing the all, A few were on the floor. Lately, were the ones that hit the hardwood and woke me up. One hammer was on its own, facing directly towards me. My heart started to pound. Come on she's stupid. Probably something in the old house creaky. So maybe the furniture isn't fully fastened to the wall. Something obvious, something vaginal. I got up, put my hand, sold sheepskin slip. Put on my hard soled sheepskin slippers. I took on, took my very trip. On every trip, I walked over to the shelf. I walked. Picked up the doll by his body and turned it back around. It as I turned it around, a head twisted to continue facing me. His happy smile froze the cheeks, returned to turn with his body. I dropped it from my hand and it seemed to launch from the shelf, laying on the floor. Instinctively, I stabbed on it. Like a w- would any deserving large spider that lunged at me, a pulsing head broke under my slipper. It cracked and crunched and succumbed to my weight. As I slowly took my foot away, Concerned that maybe it would cut through and so, slice my soul, I heard further cracking. This is not, any. This is not anything. not this was not anything falling from its nipper. This was a doll's head, resembling, reassembling. I looked down the horror, the unmoving thing. Its head, lined with dozens of cracks and fractures, its a smile gone, now turned into a vicious scowl. I. T- grabbed it. I I could feel it resisting it strong, trying to pry itself free. Jesus Christ, this doll is for suck's sake. It's not strong. It's not anything. I glanced around the room and slashed it in the only place I could think. I slashed it in the only place I could think. My suitcase I held down. My zipped The shelled suitcase and clinked the padlock in my place. I got to dress in a hurry. I had to do something with this fucking thing. The case rattled and banged around the floor as I nervously struggled to put on my belt. I grabbed the case and bolted for my car. I don't know where where everything was in this piece of shit town, except for the construction site. There had to be foundations fermento- down. Mostly, but I was not certain I could stash this thing somewhere. Yes, perfect, okay. That unlock as left unlocked as I expected. I hastily parked up in the middle of the site road. I looked around for cement I swear. I saw a pile of bags. There was something somewhere this morning. I mixed this grabbed the suitcase out of the back of the car. I threw it by a small mixture again to work the mixture to get up with one of the sacks. The hose left open, still connected to the external water tap. I kept my eyes fixed on the case as I felt what were on my work. It bounces it nudged its way around the dirt. I've again dug in a hole at the end of one of the concrete pound laid foundations. It, it looked suspicious, couldn't wo it wouldn't look suspicious. Look can't look out of place. This fucking doll needs to be buried. As soon as no sooner did I, I finish digging the hole. When I heard a voice, I looked at the suitcase. It was entirely motionless. No, the voice was from behind me. I felt my uh, uh, arm on my shoulder. On my shoulder. Holy shit, I exclaimed. It swung round with a shovel in my hands, ready to fend off something. Don't you, didn't you hear me? I said. You're not supposed to be here. This is a private property. He's a middle-aged-looking man. He He's dressed like a wore Some rental security brand uniform. I don't remember. Which, can't remember which. Don't remember which. I heard another voice before. I could respond to the guard. A young girl's. Help me, please, please. We looked both. We both looked at the suitcase. What the hell are you doing there, anyway? The guard. I was I walked towards the suitcase. The girl's voice. out again. Please help me. He turned back to move uh, around to me. What's in the suitcase? I didn't let him finish the thought. He'd never understand. How could he? It's not his fault. I smacked the shovel so hard around his head he dropped instantly. Blood started to pool into the dirt around him. A case sat motionless. I looked at the hole I dug and back at the man. I kept digging. I couldn't stop until it. it was deep enough to fit them, them both. I chuckled, chucked the Said suitcase into the pit. It screamed, and rattled. the man was heavier. I had to drag him towards the pit and kick, it out, and kick him in. The next part of it was the easiest, really. I wheeled the cement mix over and poured it over them both. I smoothed it over and tried to make it look more deliberately like that part of the foundation. Done. It's incredibly how simple that was. A couple of days later, I heard someone saying they could hear a voice screaming below the cracks of concrete. They, those fucking idiots, they dug it up. Something about a police investigation. The next day, they came calling to my room, the bed and breakfast, my suitcase. It had all my personal information on a tag. There was some work documents inside. I made, it clear, I made it clear I did it. When they saw the dolls facing the wall in my room, that was it. All the evidence was doing needed. Was that to convict me? I think the arse of the prosecutor made joke clear the evidence being concrete. That was it. A few months before my into my sentence, I got a parcel. You already know what it is. A landlady put a note saying it's close to the sheriff in town. I got and got it released. She thought I like it. I liked it so much. I was trying to make take it. I was trying to take it with me. Trying to be more careful with it, it so it doesn't break again. She said. I tried to smash it. Bury it, bury it in the yard, throw it right over the fence. Every time it ends up coming back to my yard with, with, with that angry, broken f- face, I hate fucking dolls. I'm actually terrified of this one. Our house here takes same as gift. Use this when life became hard. it your troubles. That is what my grandfather said to me when he gave me a special gift for my twelfth birthday. He was a harsh man, always kind of a dick to people. Whether it was because he lost his sight, a leg and was stuck to a wheelchair, I honestly couldn't say. My mum says he used to be a happier man, but he was prone to sternness. That's just how the Haskers is, she would tell me when I asked why he swore or seemed angry, violent, in defence of my grandfather. I do have fond memories of him. He was re- never really a dick to me. Ever since I knew him, he always tell me those incredible stories about monsters and fairy tales. I found them totally captivating, as, ha- as half the time he was the hero of the tale. He was saving some village from an old name, from some evil creature. Every time he had to point a scar or mark of his body, and that, and that little Agleski is how I got this. The uh, only time I remember him not ending one of his stories of that line was when he said, "And that little is, is how I lost this." He pointed to his stump, but I don't. But I know you, are Alexia. You'll be strong, big, and strong soon. You can be just like me. He hit his chest proudly. My parents didn't like it much, but he insisted to them that I learned about my Russian heritage. My father was annoyed when he'd hear me re- retelling some new story I heard. you think, as a kid, I'd be more careful, Maybe realize I sure wouldn't get to hear more stories if I kept babbling about them. I couldn't help it. That's his harsh demeanor. I did love my Dibischkega. Huh? I respected him. I would gush over his stories. I couldn't help but repeat them to my parents. Alex, you know, you do not suppose to ask your grandfather father for, for his stories anymore. I did not. I did still see him, at least once more than I can remember, on the day he gave me a present for my twelfth birthday. Use this when life became hard. Tell me your troubles. Tell it your troubles, okay? But... Never tell the smallest. it is a Murtok Roskia doll, Russian nesting dolls, your Boguska made these f- for you years ago, I helped, of course, he boasted, happy birthday, Alexica. soon you will become a man, I will not be there for you, it, but I know this, so for the hard times, this can help you, but I tell you again, never tell the smallest doll anything. He stressed it so much. I looked. I just looked at the doll, without saying a word. When I got home that day, I was afraid of whatever he meant. I, I left it on a shelf. Like I say, it was one of the last times I remember seeing him. In truth, I forgot all about it. for years, decades, I sat in a box of assorted memories, mixed in with old cinema snub stubs from the first date, photos of friends. All that kind of thing, sort of thing. Maybe you have a box just like it with old knickknacks. I don't know. I discovered the box after my first marriage fell apart. Alex, I just think we hit, we hit an end there. Yeah. Well, I was forty. by then there I was thirty-four years old in a house and a f- felt hollow and empty after the shortest, and longest conversation of my life. I guess my empty house is a good mirror to what I was going through. A couple of weeks after that, I spent some time looking for those old memory boxes, smiling at the pictures from trips, pets I had as a kid at the guys, pictures of Elia and me. Those, well, those pictures did like, make me smile, but it got teary eye too, snaps of us in the bar, family parties and the day Megan was born. I didn't really talk to anyone about. Maybe I was trying to pretend everything was okay. Look back to happy memories instead of protest. What had just happened? Maybe this was just the way my processing. There it was, the doll my grandfather gave me. I picked up the the the, the doll in my hand. Well, it did say, "In hard times, the buskia." My fingers wrapped around it. I rubbed the front with my thumb. No reason to it. I just felt nice, hand painted hard card wood. It's just probably as old I was nearly anyway. A figure on the outside looked like a grandmother, warm, oh, comforting, smiling, absolutely covered of blankets and warm clothes. My, mom, my wife is leaving me. We've been together for 18, 11 years. There's no emergency or anything, just she says she's done. I hope we'd be forever. Who uh, the doll popped open. The top half of the grandmotherly figure tapped against the floor as it fell. A bright gas smelled out of the bottom half and up in the front of my face. It seemed to dance in front of my eyes, glittering, gleaming. And then it whizzed past my head and out of the bedroom door. I thought I must have been seeing things or imagining it. I've been drinking pretty hard that day. Decided it was time to go to bed. Things might be clearer in the morning. I'm seeing my daughter at least. I don't know if it's important to clarify, but there wasn't really a custody thing. Ali, agreed it was important. I still have time for, with Megan. Talking about me gets me angry. We were happy, life is good. Now Megan has to deal with this shitstorm fallout caused by her parents. She didn't answer the situation. She was just an 11 year old sweet gal. Enough, no time to dwell on anger. It helps no one. I already knew she was having trouble dealing with this. I began speaking my thoughts out loud, not trying to dwell on my hanger. I just wish Megan would be happier. A doll still in my hand, a smaller doll step Dole popped open. A light before, a light which we smoke. Well before disappearing past me. Jesus Christ, come on, Alexa. Off to bed you go. Deviska wouldn't have been impressed with all this moping. So drunk you're seeing, you're you're say, seeing shit. I went to bed. Next day, Ellie dropped Megan off to the house. I was so happy, like a literal rainbow, walking to the and giving me a hug. For the briefest of moments, it feels like everything in the world is fixed, the way it should be. But I held my little angel. There's, we're here. How is my girl doing? I asked. Doing good. Can we play on the switch? She asked, smiling bright. Obviously, we do that. I never say no to that face, light of my life. She ran in. I felt it. The sky overcast. In an instant, Ellie broke the silence. So, I'll come back Monday, Sunday evening to pick her up. Okay. If there's any emergencies, I'll give you a call. Maybe we can talk about us too. I am taken aback. She even quite a smile. I've not seen a smile truly for a long, long time. Oh, sure. As I walked back to the house, I glanced back. She was looking at me and smiling. I could not help but be suspicious. What did she want from me now? She had already dropped a bomb in my life. What was she left to, for her to do, to do to me? I wasn't going to waste a weekend thinking on it. So I told myself this was the time to spend and dedicate to Megan. It had a really great weekend. She was perfect. We got food from the Chinese place. She always asked for on the Friday nights. Played some fighting games. She all, she likes the Switch, and it was all just perfect. She told me she still hopes her mum and I work things out, but apart from that, she's got no complaints. She's happy, right now anyway. In Sun on Sunday, Ellie came back to pick her up. I heard the old brakes of her SUV squeal and she came up to a halt in the driveway. I told Megan that Mother was back. I was about to say it was time for her to go when I saw Ellie uh, had. Had around her suitcases, bags, all the same ones I remember being dragged out into the rain. The night she decided we were done. Annie, what's going on? I asked as I went out to meet her by the car. Alex, I've decided to try again. I want to give us another shot. I didn't even remember much of what we talked about specifically. After that, it felt it was good to talk though. She said she'd gone to try, was going to try harder. I would have to as well. We have to make special nights, especially for ourselves. Keep that spark alive is all that kind of vibe. While I was running an emotional high, when everything suddenly seems to be going your way, I had to tell Ellie this is great, All I had to possess is process still. I only started separating separation and then get this curveball. I couldn't wouldn't sleep in the same bed, I told her. I, I sleep on the sofa. Even then she assisted to make the sofa. She was the one left who left. I didn't want to argue, so I didn't. I woke up the next morning just thinking, "Fuck, this brilliant life is good. I got to work with renewed joy. I lost my my lost for some time. okay, the usual snark of my peers was something of a cloud on that day, like every day he there, not no, not even a that couldn't bring me down no. Nope. His usually consenting remarks wouldn't get me down. A lack of respect bugged me though. I thought that it would linger in the back of my mind the rest of the day. I should tell the Mascusa doll about them. It certainly helped me to talk about those other things already. I arrived home to give Elliot and Meligan the conventional daddy's home ya yeah, hug when I went to the study, where I put the doll on my shelf. I held it. I spoke my concerns at work. I saw the top of the ultimate stall, but by away again, I saw a small, light of emerge, dance, disappear. This time, I was sober. I knew this was really happening. If my grandfather was alive, he'd be. I, I would be asking him what happened. Unfortunately, he's long gone. My parents they dismissed anything he was ever said about this kind of thing. I certainly knew nothing. For the rest of the week, my co-workers didn't wouldn't stay. Weren't It was quite amicable. When they weren't being so rude, I realized there's more to be common so between this than I thought. Hell, many were praising some work I'd done the week before. Big project, I was proud. But I hadn't realized everyone else had been even noticed. Even so, I knew that this was what it was the light cloud that last them in some way. Perhaps the mood of heart of them it was dark removed a dark mark from him, gave him peace of mind in case I could think I could thank my Moscooska doll for any other facet of my world approved. Hi, maybe I could ask my doll boss for a rise now. At the end of the week I had a doll on my hands again. I was just talking about life to it. How I believed it had helped me so many ways already. Truly it was a blessing to my house, like a Dome Red, Dom Red keeping my house in order. If you only my father would listen, I would tell him about all these things too. But he didn't care for me. I don't know why. Maybe it's the way, way the cosmic men grow harsh as they get older. I hope it never happens to me. A droll dropped, popped again and sit. I considered how even smaller the inner doll, uh, the, now even smaller the inner doll. I placed it back on the shelf. I wasn't really aiming to do anything. I'd say, I say about that Honestly, I was just telling the doll how life was now. The following day, I had a call from my father. Alex is your father. I know he's, he, I haven't called for some time. He continued for a while. I mean, I kind of trailed off. He told me he had an idea to call last night. When I spoke to a doll, he wanted to rekindle their relationship. Said he wouldn't be, wouldn't be on this earth forever. Okay, fine. My father didn't, hadn't been the greatest dad, but he is far from the worst. So I was fed clothed and I had a hap- happy uh, childhood, as anyone gets as usual. I said that I'd meet him uh, for the afternoon of the following week. He was happy with that. When we did actually meet up, it was nice, awkward, I guess, thinking in, talking to a pa- parent who had less or more or less voluntary exchange on himself. It, it seemed in, in, genuine, but his interest in my life, though, I told him, I said it's been a rough patch, things are back on track. I told him finding a doll, this busker, gave me a w- when I was little. Oh, that old thing, huh? Well, son, if it's helping to express yourself, then I think it, that's great, means it's doing something right. As we were walking back where I parked my car, this guy came asking me asking for change. I didn't have any, I mean, everyone uses cars and phones now. I told the guy I had nothing. It was a, this wasn't the first time I would seen him either. It'd been happening for a few weeks now. This place was my work. Anytime I was out for lunch, coffee, whatever, here he was, hat at hand, asking if I could spare a dollar. Driving home I thought about it. It was getting angry. I don't know if it, it was the guy or just annoyed me. or like the system failed him. I didn't know. But I was working myself up to a pointless frustration about how Every fucking day he bothered me. I got home and told the doll I was rambling. He tries that on me again. I decided the frustration was dying down, My thoughts trolled off. As I felt about I felt like maybe I would take the money, especially our money especially. I want him to leave me alone, the doll split in a half, and the same night did its thing. I was thinking about the money, holding the smallest doll on my hand. I want the boss. I, I was thinking of the money holding the smallest dolls of my hands. I want my boss to give me a raise. I said, as a matter of fact, the doll does what I ask, so why the fuck not? I tell you why I, why I shouldn't consider why the fuck not. Because a second later, the memories of me, such when my grandfather told me about his gift, all came, oh, came rushing back to the forefront of my mind. Never tell the smallest anything, a small roll rather than popping open, like a small, large one smoked, a thick black smoke that began to fill the room. It felt hot and my hand was burning. I winced and shook my hand. But the figure was firmly stuck to me. The burning grew worse. I voice my pain it was sinking into my skin the pain was unbearable like a searing knife sinking into my palm so much so that i dropped it to the floor in a fetal position clutching my wrist the finger continued to sink further through gritted teeth i tried to contain my agony these minutes felt like hours but eventually the pain subsided i was down on the floor still breathing my wrist firmly with, with my other hand i breathed out relieved my face felt damp the pain has been so bad i guess i cried too i sat up and looked at where the figure was it was gone in its place i had a black skirt burned across the inner part of my palm the day after that the mark was still on my hand this dark black burn and like a scab i couldn't leave it alone kept poking it, touching it, gently putting it with pain or pain or something. As I was a I was out for lunch, I heard a buzzing like a beehive. I looked around, but I couldn't see anything and out of the ordinary. It's true, nothing out of the ordinary. The same helpless guy popped up out of the alleyway, just as a heading to the Semit place. The buzzing grew louder. I sh- could see around him a swarm of flies, like a Lenora. I slowed my, down my pace, not sure what to do. No one else was reacting to this, not even the man himself. Like only I could see them. He offered a hand out to me to ask for change. "Hey, mister, you go." He was about. He stopped short. His was shaped in a burly, aphrodisiac figure, and with arm one arm of flies wrapped around the man, dragged him back down the alley. I thought he was about to scream, but hundreds of flies. From the swarm, were driving into his open mouth, rattling down his throat, to buzzing and grow so loud, even as he was being pulled away, varying in pitch of unsettling cacophony. I stood my wide eyed panic. The man looked terrified, but even on his busy, stretched out town, no one reacted to it. It was lunchtime. There were dozens of people walking here, there, and everywhere. People right beside me looked at me like I was weird. Just standing there, that way people look when when they think you you're in their way. My hand pulsed. I looked at the mark again. Till there, nothing different. I got to back to my office, or oh, I ran. I was ready to try and tell the story. Tell the story, witness. Just happened to everyone would like would listen. I mean, it sounds insane, but how do you tell the story to some? Not tell the story to someone. I wasn't even back to my desk when I saw them, a the group who previously. Were, or relish their own cool jokes at others expense. I heard it I heard it again, the buzzing louder and louder. Much more. I couldn't bear the, much of the office over here much of the office over it. It was so palmetating, gaunt Figures tall stood behind each of them, dark stools, a shadow attached to each of their limbs. These swarms were sinister puppets to my co workers. My co workers stopped dead, frozen the place as a swarm, turned that counted for their heads toward me, their arms outstretched above their respective human Began uh, a and carefully memorizing their shadow strands, cohering my tally towards me. The swarm was no personality, no emotion, just pure modesty of their puppets. I stared, watching my co workers as they, even ever so naturally, walked over to me, smiling. I couldn't help but direct look up directly at the non faces of the swarm creatures. They smoothly and slowly turned their necks as they appeared to each other. I gulped. The centrist womb turned and gazed back at me, and one of the tentacles of the flies stuck down the face of its pup, of its puppet, Karen, the one who is controlling, looked generally concerned. Axe, you are feeling okay? You look a bit little fit, I I don't know you, who I was responding to. What the fuck is going on? I said under my breath, looking up again at these things. Another of my coworkers, John, had his arm pulled up as he got it, put it out. my shoulder. I put it back. You found his barrel. Maybe you should go home, Alex. You worked so late, hard lately. You should have a personal day. Ah, yes. I rushed back to my car. Jesus Christ. Am not going insane? My heart stopped for a moment. Megan. Ellie. I have got to go get home. I drove more recklessly than I ever had in my life. The house is over 45 minutes away. I should have get there by 3 p.m. I can do this. I have to get back there. I ran the lights. I didn't give a shit. I needed to make them sure they are okay. I had a deep sense of dread. Like a dread pit in my stomach. I could feel my end throbbing. It started my phone. I was startled by my phone ringing. Ringing, I glanced. the screen on the dash. Dad calling. I answered, Dad, what is it? What is it? I... I can't really talk. Listen. What? Listen to? Listen what? I replied. Hi, hey, Alex. Sorry, I not called you for a couple of days. I know, I'm trying to listen. Be be better. He said, listen, I'm trying to really listen to how you're doing. I know I want to hear how you're doing, and if I can help at all, you can listen. Or we can tell you right away, Sam. I didn't say anything, but I could hear a steady arm on the other hand of the line and buzzing. My father didn't say anything either. There was a buzzing, exploding, a righteous noise, the briefest of moments. Listen to the axe. The hairs of my neck were on the end. I hung up the phone immediately. I kept on driving. Dad called again. No, I didn't hear that, that again. Though I turned the phone off, I knew. I threw it in the back of the car. Almost time, I got not far from it now. As I pulled in the driveway, I could see Ella's car there. I was in the front door. Keys in my hand, I was shaking. I unlocked the door and pushed it open. Just, say, the moment I did, I could I could hear it. Infernal buzzing, it was so loud. I instantly stepped in. Ella, I cried out. I could barely hear over it, a buzz, this ever-present awful noise. I couldn't hear her answer as she did but the flies were cascading down the staircase. I could see her. She was all covered almost. I felt a sudden rush of blood to my face. Fear, she wasn't there, save for the head. A swarm clung to her tightly, and though it showed her face to me, there was there were two heads on either side. I said it at least. lips moving, but I could not, I could not only, I could only hear them. They were relentless, never ending. Stay, stay forever. You can't leave. Stay with Alexia. Stay, your true love, until death and beyond. You will never permit to do. Go, you two. You think you better could do better. Ungrateful. Stay, Ella. That came to me, close to me. I backed my faster. I slipped and fell to my hardwood floor. She frowned, looked concerned. I couldn't hear her, but I could see her question. Are you okay? I'm fine, fine. I'm just, I just need to pick up Megan. I scrambled to my feet and packed up my car. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Megan, before I started the car, I saw her coming back to my, up the house. I rushed and grabbed her. It was no buzzing, nothing. She was okay. She was fine. She was happy. I hugged her and held her tight. Oh, Dad, you being weird. Sometimes Dads are allowed to be weird, sweetie. Are you okay? I hugged her tighter. My eyes tatered shut scrunched trying to suffer from my tears of relief to joy she's okay she's fine Ah, oh, dad totally fine you can start helping me now i relented and let her go as i opened my eyes i was there the noise it was there the noise i fell into onto uh, my ass right there the driveway staring at her a horrifying of high-pitched millions of eyes she's smiling a big happy smile like i always wished for her to have as I blinked my eye, my hands burned, and came more and more into my vision. The swarm. It was behind her, crouching down beside her, looking at me, arms around her head, Fing- fingers looked in lot, hooked into her mouth, pulling her face falsely to its arm. So aggressively, there was blood in the corners of her mouth. But not my Megan was. But my Megan was crying, tears flowing down her face as she'd been been crying for hours. My heart sank. Oh, days or weeks. I had done this late on my life, the swarm had shifted. It revealed, I revealed a shallow, hollow, shape. Shallow, shallow space, something to look like, something to look like a wide smile. A buzzing was different, like laughter. See how happy she is, Alexia. The end.